Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> People take up all sorts of different hobbies in later life when there's a bit more time to spare, and one of the most popular is genealogy and looking into the family history. For Anita Jacoby, that urge didn't come so much from getting older, but from a question which came from a friend at a dinner party. Anita is one of Australia's most respected TV producers with a list of accomplishments and accolades far too long for this short podcast. <laughs> She's having a bit of a laugh, I've got to say. But her most recent project is a deeply personal one called Secrets Beyond the Screen. It's a book primarily about her father, who she was especially close to, but as it turns out, he had many secrets. Anita, it's a delight to see you again, my Thank darling. Thank you both. Welcome aboard. I feel like board. a real privilege sitting with you both here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, the privilege is all oh, ours. Oh, God, thank you. I'll, I'll accept it. Okay. So you find out so many things about your father, don't you? His time in an internment camp, yeah. previous marriages, yeah. um, the yeah. deaths of two wives. Could you have written this book when you were younger or do you think the lives of our parents are best left to explore when we're older? Do you know, I think when you're older, you're desperate to find out about that information. When you're younger, you're too busy living your life and you're mm. so bloody selfish about that life. And I just think as you get older, you start to wonder who and what shaped you. And then all of a sudden I go to a dinner party and somebody says, do you know about this court case involving your father way before I was born? And I was completely, completely intrigued. So that's what set me on the journey. And I just, what it says is it tells you so much about yourself. Mm. And it's as you get older, you want to know more about what are those forces that have shaped who and what you are. So it's been a real labour of love. It's a great love story as well. On many different levels, On many different really. levels. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you're also the, the person who was probably most skilled at being able to delve back into that past, aren't you? Well, I... You had the skill set. I had the skill set. <laughs> I also brought on an investigative journalist who used to work at the ABC at Four Corners, a woman called Sean Hoyt. She was incredible. Mm. She was able to dig down. And I just said to her, because I was starting a big gig at ITV, running ITV, mm. didn't have the, the bandwidth to do it. And I asked Sean to do all this research. And the amount of stuff she found on the public record was extraordinary. Wow. And I encourage anybody who may be listening to this podcast and they've got some spare time. Or they can employ Sean Hoyt. Or they can employ, exactly, employ Sean Hoyt. We'll give, her, we'll give her email out at the can end. Can you give me her number, please? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I could never navigate that Ancestry.com. No, you know, exactly. Just like, I went too. up there and it was like, holy shit, I can't work out how to do this. <laughs> so I thought, no, I'll get somebody in to help me. And she found what's on the public record is incredible and I think most of us don't appreciate how much um, how much stuff is actually kept. So um, that mm, allowed yeah. me to tell this story. But so your father never spoke to you about these things. Has it made you reflect on what you haven't told your family or, oh, or children? Yes, and even though I've done this book, which is a memoir, not an autobiography, there's a lot of stuff in that book that I've never put in there for right reasons because mm. I don't want people to know this, even though it's a deeply personal story. But, yes, of course there are whole, huge areas in all our backstories where we never share it with other people, mm. and for good reason, because why should we? Well, there's a fascination about 
family history, certainly. Um, and also that generation, the one you're, you're talking about specifically, never really talked about anything. No. I don't know what it was about them, no. whether they'd been through war, depression that, or whatever it is. They'd been to hell and yeah. back. They ha- that's exactly right. And I think what happens is, particularly my dad was a political refugee, uh, fled Nazi Germany after being jailed by the Nazis, came to Australia, went to the country as far away as he could get. And I think he thought he was like so many refugees and migrants, it's all about looking forward, never about looking back. Mm. And so I think that's actually shaped him. I think a lot of our parents were like that. They lived through real catastrophe. We're so fortunate. Here we are sitting in the middle of Sydney. What's the biggest thing that we're dealing with? Age. Yeah. Maybe and, inflation. Uh, yeah. Maybe having to still morg- manage a mortgage. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe you know, falling house prices. Yeah, but nothing like, you know, the Second World War, the Depression. Exactly. Yeah, the bombs exactly. are landing. The rise of the yeah. Nazism, exactly. all of those sort of things. And we've all had blessed lives. Your father lived with Alzheimer's in his later yes. life, Anita. What was that experience like for you as a- his daughter? Absolutely devastating. It's one of the, the toughest diseases I've ever encountered because it's like uh, a funeral that never seems to come. Mm. And it's also you when you've had a parent who's been a very bright and very erudite person and to see them losing their mind and their ability to relate. And it's interesting with Alzheimer's. An example is you. we might lose our keys all the time and we think, oh, we're getting dementia. No, no, no. It's when you lose the capacity to understand how you use those keys. There's a big difference between us forgetting somebody's name (laughs) because you meet people all the time, but understanding functions that you were so used to, including eating and remembering how to eat. And so it's the most devastating disease and I feel so sorry for any families that are going through it because there's no happy ending. There is absolutely nothing that can be done to actually ease and lessen the pain except for you as a child or as a a family member to give them unconditional love and be endlessly patient with them. And so did he end up in care in a nursing home? Yes, he did. And that was, mind you, this was way before the Royal Commission into aged care. And when I heard all the results of the Aged Care Royal Commission, I just felt a guttural reaction to how I felt my father had probably been treated because it predated it by a long time. So I think we're learning increasingly how to look after elderly people and really treat them with respect and kindness and love because that's what they deserve. Well, you know, it seems like old people seem to fall off uh, the radar when they get incapacitated and have to go into those homes. And so many of them, I I know from personal experience, they're not always getting visited by their family if they have any family. They're Uh, just left there. And that's a societal problem. We have to fix that. We can't leave it like this. And we have to recognise age needs to be, if somebody's in a home, they need companionship. They need, you know, some conversation. They need music. When my mother ended out in a home, I would go in at night and I'd put on her her favourite Puccini opera so that she would go to sleep because I knew she loved music. That's what she loved. You know, and I remember hearing Michael Parkinson talking about his mother had a big battle with Alzheimer's and he said, you know, he used to go into her nursing home and play all the songs from the war and just after and she'd come alive. She'd even remember, remember the, the words. words. Wow. That's right. And do you remember that? Mm. And it just, and it made me think, it really made me reflect on how we need to to treat our elderly. Yeah. Now, Anita, um, 
you're a, a, a powerful woman on many different levels, <laughs> a captain of industry, <laughs> the, the master sure of many this. boards and, and, and industry. Um, how are you dealing with suddenly senior? How are you, you know, when did you realise you were suddenly senior and how does it translate into, you know, the, a situation that you have which is running things? Well, look, I, this, now this is strictly between the three of us. Yeah, it won't I won't go any further. Anybody will be hearing this. We won't this, tell anyone. But I think when I went and bought a, my first pair of Spanx. <laughs> 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 and, I thought, and I thought, really? I've got to have Spanx to hold in my stomach. Because, you know, so I think that was a defining moment in my acceptance of getting older. But I, I, I only wear those when I'm wearing dresses. <laughs> you know, I don't worry about it with jeans. But I think that was kind of a, a moment in my life. But I think, you know, I embrace... Embrace age because you you grow up and you appreciate things much more, and also you don't ha- let people give you all this bullshit. And mm. you know, for once, I kind of own this. Well, not once, but I own the space much more. So I you would you say you're braver now and kind yeah, of yeah, I think I am bolder. braver now. Mm. I think, and I if there are people in my hemisphere that I don't want in my hemisphere. I now don't have them in my hemisphere. I make that choice. Whereas when you're younger, you can't do that. You often mm. can't do that. And that includes in work environments, you know, people that you've worked with in the past that you think, how did I ever work with them? <laughs> and how did I put up with them? Mm. But also in your social circles too, you become more selective and you don't put up with stuff that you would have when you were younger. That's an interesting point about friendships, though, mm. isn't it? How yeah. they evolve. When you're older, yep. you can actually go, you know what, this is not working out for me. <laughs> no. Or it really is working out for me. Correct. And yeah. I think you're very, you're, you're more selective in those people that you spend quality time with mm. because the end's getting closer. So you're looking at that and thinking, no, I'm sorry. I really don't buy what you're saying, and I don't need you in my world. No, you. So after Spanx comes in <laughs> incontinence. <laughs> no, I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> I haven't even crossed that bridge. I can't imagine what that'll be like. <laughs> I, you know, I often think the way you uh, you've researched so much and worked on so many shows. You worked with Gordon Elephant on yes, uh, Good did. Morning Australia. Yeah. You know, story after story after story minutes, after story. Sixty minutes. Simon you know Tanzan's I mean? Wonderwall. Yeah. Yes, of course, Angela, with you. <laughs> what, are, what are the stories that catch your eye these days? Uh, mainly investigative stories mm-hmm. because I don't think mm-hmm. we have enough investigative journalists around. So, And I also like to know those stories that we really need to know. And I often think that we're missing out on that. Like really with mobiles, do they actually cause brain cancer? Will we ever really know? Because a lot of us get really snowed by the research that comes out in various sectors. So I, yes, I look at stories and I think, what would I do with that story? Mm. What would I do with that? So I think once a storyteller, always a storyteller. Yeah. Mm. You've been working in TV for many decades, uh, a, a trailblazer in your younger days. Is TV a, a, a country for older women? Is it a, a sector in which older women are welcome, in which older women are allowed to assume their rightful place? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I think there's de- definitely a drive on camera to include more women, uh, older women on camera, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I look at, I mean, just by the way, look at Ida Batro's at 80. You know, she's the chair of the ABC. That's fantastic. And it's like she's in her prime. And Liz Hayes, still Liz on Hayes, 60 Minutes. That's right. Liz is in her mid-60s. Mm-hmm. She's mm. ju- and she also hosts her own program um, under investigation for the Nine Network. And she only um, landed that about two years ago. I think that's fabulous. 
fabulous to see her. In America, they used to have Barbara Walters That's and all right. these extraordinary yeah. women yeah. Yeah. in their 80s. 60 Minutes in America used to have reporters that were all in their 80s, 70s and 80s. Because there was a real value in that experience, there was a, wasn't Exactly. There? We saw age and we saw how important wisdom was that came with age. And, in fact, I, I, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, we did a show for the ABC called The Elders. Mm. And it was 12 interviews that we did with everybody from um, Dame Elizabeth Murdoch to David Attenborough, Mohammed Yunus from the Grameen Bank. Mm. And it was all about the wisdom of elders. And you know what? Um, what was really interesting about that program was it was young people that came in their masses to watch this show. Is that wow. right? Yeah, because, right. you know, Justin Bieber and Kim Kardashian are not role models for young people. <laughs> yeah. And they, look, they lack a role model. They lack mentors. And what I really think in what you're doing is the importance of mentoring and the fact that we see people, older people, as redundant. We don't use them. And there's no schemes in place to use and harness all of our experience. Yeah. And a lot of people leave the various industries, including, you know, television, our industry, they leave it and they could contribute so much more, but they're not encouraged to do so. Well, it's somebody who's, you know, over 60 suddenly is looking at, how am I going to go out and get a job now? from, you know, stop, how do I go forward and get a job? Because majority of the time, I'm not even going to get a look in no, for an interview. No, and the big ism, in my view, is ageism. Mm. You know, we talk about sexism and all these other isms, and ageism never, never um, raises its head. And ageism can happen to a 25-year-old where they're being, you know, a judge because they want to give a job to a, an 18-year-old. So ageism exists across all the generations, not just in our generation. But I think it's a real issue, and I think we need to start a big conversation about it and actually get rid of that barrier. I really feel so strongly about that. Mm. Are you still gainfully employed, Anita? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, I'm gainfully employed. I, I uh, chair the ABC's advisory council. I uh, sit on the Australian Communications and Media Authority. I'm uh, board director of Chief Executive Women. So, and I, uh, I encourage anybody who listens to this about women in media, including you, Angela, to join it. We, uh, I sit as a, a board member of that. So, yeah, I like to be gainfully employed, not too gainfully employed, because I think there's more in our world that you can enjoy when you're older. Yeah. Whereas when you're can younger, you, but but it's, how do you face a, a day where you've got nothing on? Uh, with uh, great difficulty. Yes. <laughs> with great difficulty because I will constantly create something. I mean, it's just in my nature. Mm. Whether, but, but I thought you were going to say with great joy or with great pleasure, <laughs> no. but in fact with great difficulty. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm, I'm, uh, yes, I'm a, I, I guess I'm quite driven and I like to do things in my life and I like to be active. Mm. And also because I've had Alzheimer's in my family, mm. I know part of, you know, um, wrestling with Alzheimer's is using your brain a lot. It's also being very physical and healthy, mm. having a good lifestyle and engaging with the world. So are you terrified of getting Alzheimer's? I'm not terrified, but I am concerned mm. because there are genetic mm. links. Not all of them are genetic links, but I've had six people in my family, oh, in my wow. immediate family, wow. have some form of dementia. And that's Alzheimer's or Lewy body, whatever. Mm. And so can you see yourself 
ending up in a nursing home? I mean, would, no, that, would that be a good no. result? No, and I've also oh, I've spoken to my husband about this. We would actually employ somebody to come in and live with us. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd probably even establish um, if there was another couple or couple of couples. They that could we come would, and join you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great idea. But I wouldn't want to be, I just, there's something about, I've visited nursing homes so much. And I'm not saying, today I think they're a hell of a lot better than they were. In my father's day, he would be drugged to the eyeballs. Mm. You know, he'd be sitting there. In front of a TV set, probably. Exactly. Blaring. You know, yeah, and, and dribbling. And it was just awful to see. They don't do that so much today because there's more understanding about Alzheimer's. But in those days, there was so little comprehension of what this disease was about. And I'm just hoping at some stage there is some advances in a cure. Um, I, I think they are moving towards that. But also there's got to be advances in, in nursing homes, really. Yes, definitely. Yeah. definitely. We've got to rethink the whole idea. Definitely. I mean, it just you, when you walk into a nursing home, and there are two very distinct kinds, if you walk into one which has got a really depressing atmosphere, no activities, no music, no you know uh, playgroups, mm. no stimulation – then there's nothing for these people to do. So they know it's a downhill slide. They know they're going to end their life there. That's a shocking way to end a life. Yeah, it really is. And so you're still motivated by the same things that got you out of bed when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I was down at the, you know, I'm down at the beach every morning. I do my laps. I was down there this morning. It was frigid. Oh, it was so it was. cold. But, you know, yes, of course, you, you because it's important to be engaged in the world. And, I, I mean, even at my age, I want to continue learning. I consume a lot of books. I travel a lot. I mean, I try and get overseas and do as much as I can. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. you've only got one life and I mean you know I'm not dead yet and so I'm embracing life as much but I've always been like that. Is there yes. going to be more books because you do a really good job of writing oh, that book thank you, you done. Yeah what well, you reckon I can actually string <laughs> a few sorry. words together really? Yeah. No, well, really I mean you've worked as a joke. What you can actually write. <laughs> no I It's a big step. <laughs> it is a big step and look I, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mainly because it's a personal story mm. and it's something deeply personal and it's a love story about you know it's an unconditional love story of a daughter and a father, which is a lot of people, a lot of women have that with their fathers. I have I, that. I think, Angela, I, I know I know quite a bit about your dad, Basil, mm-hmm. and I think you would have had that relationship. I did. And it's a very, very special yeah. relationship. And, you know, so I'd love to write another book. Maybe I write more secrets beyond the screen and I write about the industry mm. and I lift the skirt a bit well, on those things that I, you can't talk about. When I first <laughs> heard <laughs> about your book, that's what I thought it was. No, defamation laws would be too hard. <laughs> but that's that's what I thought it was. Yeah, no, yeah. no, because he worked in communications, so the screen talks to right. his his industry. Right. It was an evocative time of immigration and immigrants and what they brought to Australia, and really, you got to think this is something we could continue to do even still. Yes, absolutely. Today. And and I guess I've learned a lot about what it's like to be a refugee. And when both of my parents were refugees, I wish I'd known that. You know, I wish I'd done that kind of research to understand what their life and their histories had been about. Where were they? Where were they refugees from? My father fled Nazi Germany and my mother was born in Harbin in Manchuria in northern in China. China. And so she had to flee when the Japanese invaded wow. uh, Manchuria. So I think what I learn is that we don't really understand refugees and the terrible things that they endure. And I feel really ashamed that me as a journalist had really no sense of what that was like. Because kids, you just keep going, you're selfish, you don't ask your parents the kind of questions you should have asked them. And it's a great shame. You know, it's one of my great sadnesses. 
Well, Anita, we could chat with you for days. <laughs> uh, we're only just getting settled I know, you're, I know I we're know. totally getting the wine. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what a pleasure. Uh, yeah, the so book great. is Secrets Beyond the Screen. Thank uh, you. Come and chat with us. Whenever. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Thank you both very much Thanks, for having Anita. me. Thanks, Anita. It's been a delight. Thank, Thank you. you. And just remember spandex. They solved every problem. They <laughs> <laughs> just they hide every issue that you want to hide. Please like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, that's right. Fuck off. Yes. See you next time, Ange. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. <laughs> 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 <laughs>